today. Um, you know, we're in the fourth quarter. Um, it's 2022. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't like to go to therapy. Y'all, I got a real therapist in the house today. So welcome. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for so much. Thank you for taking the time out on this beautiful Saturday. I'm sure you probably got things going on or just want to relax. Um, so, so thank you. No problem. No problem. Yes. It ain't that nice out here. It look real dreary, but you know, we good. Where you at? Are you still, are you in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. So it's just, you know, we've been going through our little rainy season lately. So it's been kind of gloomy for most of the week and I have something to do today, but we're going to see if I get to it because this rain may keep me in the house. So. I understand. I understand that. I said last night, girl, my power it knocked out. Um, I'm in Houston, and it's it's oh, just fun. Shoot. I'm trying to get used to the weather. It doesn't feel like November. It still feels like June, July. August. Yes, same. <laughs> I, and, and I'm from Chicago, so I'm really like, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, you in my neck of the woods. I'm from North Carolina, so. I'm not okay. I'm all about Atlanta, honey. So you definitely <laughs> on the you in the eastern coast on the South Side Halfway. We are very good for our um southern hospitality. So shout out to Atlanta today. Okay. <laughs> but before we get started, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about you. Um I'm very excited to be able to chat with you today. Guys, Lauren is an entrepreneur. Um, she's going to let, let us know a little bit more about her psychotherapist and, and a consultant. She's also mm -hmm. the owner of Cultivate Your Essence. And the, one of the most important things, well, not most important, but one of the things that I'm very excited for you to talk about today is the confessions of a therapist. You're a truth teller, a therapist. <laughs> So yeah, I get a lot of feedback on that one. Um, well, the funny story is I went to school originally for journalism. And um, in 2008, for a lot of us, that was the big recession. That was the first recession of my lifetime. And um, when I came out of school in 2008, I couldn't find a job. I actually was supposed to move out here in Atlanta. In 2008, I had a job um, pretty much with CNN, but it didn't work out in the end. Um, which was fine because that was just God's redirection for my life. So I ended up getting into counseling because I was like, I was always interested in that field. Journalism is just another form of psychology in a way. Um, so it was a natural transition for me. And then with everything else, it was kind of like, I was surprised how things fell into place and how things fell apart to fall into place. Um, so I got into, you know, my, I think coming out of school, I was into domestic violence training. So that's where the bulk of a, a lot of my foundational training comes in. So I worked with victims. I worked with their children. I did educational workshops around the city of Chicago. Um, and I talked to a lot of teenagers because surprisingly, um, teen dating violence um, was at a, uh, it was on the rise and it still continued to rise in that form. So a lot of my background is in the counseling um, realm, but I do a lot of education because my biggest thing is if I can educate you on things that you're not aware of, it helps you to make better decisions moving forward. And so we really just kind of explore how these decisions were made for us by the different things that we were exposed to or just some of the thought processes because of our environment that we take on, right? So 
We just don't come to these realizations out of nowhere. Um, but throughout that time, I was working for different agencies and things of that nature. And um, I knew I wanted to work for myself. Um, well, let me, let me stress that. <laughs> <laughs> I was very comfortable collecting my check and I leaving. Know that's right. Um, but the problem was, unfortunately, in agency work, they don't pay you well. So it wasn't really until I got into my private practice where I started to see real money to be made. Because before, um, I used to work two or three jobs. Mind you, it was because I like to maintain a certain lifestyle. It's just me, you know, no right. kids or anything. But at the same time, I shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I got into um, entrepreneurship around 2016. I'll never forget, I left my job. People looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, I'm leaving. I did not have anything else lined up. I just knew. And I really, even with my first business, I guess you could say, it was um, a women's empowerment brand, but there's a difference between a brand and a business. Yes. Brand will help to get your name out there. A business actually pays you. Hey. So I left to start a brand, but did not have no money coming in from that brand. That was the, that was the issue with that. But I still don't regret that because what it taught me was you sometimes have to start from the drawing board and not be afraid to start all over again to rediscover certain things. But everything that I have done along that way has prepared me for my private practice, and I just didn't realize it. So um, in that first year, it was pretty rough. I had money saved, so that, that was covering me. But then entrepreneurship can be a beast. So it got to a point where my money ran out. I had to go back to working part-time, and I was working at um, a hospital part-time, and then I was working at private practices. And the funny thing was, and I, I'm very um, spiritual, so when I, I love God, it. it's just that. Okay, yeah. so I remember God had told me to start my practice a while ago. I was scared. And now I have never been fired from any job. Let's be very clear. I worked very hard. I did not start getting fired from jobs until I started working for other people's private practices because I already know God told me. Yeah, no. you weren't listening. <laughs> I was not. And it cost me emotional stress and money from that regard but it was okay because i think in that time period what happened i lost my i got into a car accident totaled my car i lost my apartment had to move back home um pretty much had to start all over again with um wh where god told me to go because i was working someplace that i did not have no business to go and i heard god tell me not to take that job but when you broke, and I had never was used to being broke, um, but when you broke and, and you trying to stay the course of where God is tell, telling you to go, because every time I was like, this is too hard, I might as well get a job. Everything in my spirit was like, no, figure this out. Right. So um, I thank God for that because it, it kept me staying the course. It, it really did. And it, it humbled me in the fact of learning how to tap into my support system because I was so used to just, let me figure this out. Let me do it my way. Let me get it done like this one, because it was like, I never wanted to be one of those people where you could throw anything back in my face. Mm -hmm. So I would work even harder to just make sure I can get this done. But I had a wonderful support system that wanted to pour back into me. So I had to learn how to receive. 
Oh gosh, you know, as you're talking, <clears throat> you're giving me chill bumps. Like I, I know when I'm talking to somebody who is a woman of God, who's very spiritual, because I'm the same way. And, and everything you're saying, you're like you're not listening. God wasn't. God was telling you to do something, and and he's. I think he's always trying to steer us the course. It's just yeah. us, like you said, listening and actually knowing that you hear from God is amazing to me that you even like told us that because, you know, as I'm on this spiritual journey, I'm still learning to hear God. Um, I don't be knowing sometimes if I'm hearing God or if I'm hearing myself. <laughs> right, right. And that takes some time to discern. But one of the things, if, if it's God, it gets confirmed. Okay. Okay. That's that, and I'm I'm being honest with that because I remember sometimes I was was able to hear him audibly, and then other times it was really just an intuition. Mm -hmm. Like um, when he told me to quit my job. Well, before when I went into my last job, I remember hearing God say, "You ain't gonna be here less than a year," and I was like, "No, they paying off my student loans." They doing X, Y, and Z. I'm going to ride this way. Three months into that job, I was like, take me now. Get me out. I hate it here. Get me out. So that got confirmed. And then I remember when I it was time for me to give turn in my notice. <laughs> and I was like, let me pray one more time. Is this really what God want me to do? And I remember hearing God say, we done praying. Go do what I told you to do. We're not going to keep doing this back <laughs> I love but, it. Well, one one thing I will say, when it's God, it flows. Okay. And and it's not necessarily uh it flows, everything works into your favor, but it at least not in the way that you think. But certain things flow. And and one thing I'm learning still is to work in God's flow versus in my own thoughts of how this is gonna go. And after a while, it becomes second nature to you, but it, it's a flow. It, it's a flow. Um, and so even with all of this, when I, when I finally got um, my practice open, it was a flow. It was a flow. Like, um, I, I was solo from, by myself for all of like three months before I had to start hiring people because I couldn't take in all the demand that was coming in. Wow. Um, Amazing. It, right? Um, and then with that being the case, mind you, when 2020 happened, our practice just exploded. Um, you know, because especially when you just think of 2020 in itself, Outside of just COVID, it was the whole Black Lives Matter and people of color wanted to work with specifically people of color. Mm -hmm. And as a Black woman therapist, we're always in demand. I, and, I, and I know there's a concept about that because the world looks at us as like, we can save everything, but you don't want to do right by us. But right. that's a whole other story. Um, we were in demand, like... Uh, the practice exploded. So I went from a team of me and three other people to now we're at a team of, I believe it's 10 of us now. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and with, and, and because I'm so passionate about women and I know that started definitely from me working in domestic violence and things of that nature. Um, my practice is dedicated to women. And I always say, 
you know, we're a mental health private practice dedicated to women of color while prioritizing black women's mental health. And I'm always stressing that part because I always want black women to know there is a space designated for you to show up as you are. Lauren, I need you. I might need you for myself. You hear me? Because today, y'all, we are definitely talking about black therapy. Um, yeah. Black therapy is very important. Um, as Lauren has told you, her background and letting you know the passions as, as to why you got in the field and how you're mm -hmm. empowering women still in 2022. I think 2020 was a big turmoil for the world. You know, yeah. like you said, with COVID, <clears throat> Black Lives Matter, and the mental state. You started yes. seeing a lot of things happening. I know uh, crime rate went extremely high. Yeah. You know, so I really think that um, this is something that a lot of us in our community, sometimes we push to the side because we were taught, I guess, not to trust um, the, the medical, medical field. Yeah, the mm -hmm. medical field. And, and it's not because of, oh, we just don't want to trust you. It's, it's facts. It's things that happen. That, that, that backs up. Yep. Yeah. And so yeah, I was telling my mama, Lauren, it's funny because she got mad at me because I didn't get the um, the COVID, the, 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 the vaccination. Virus. Yeah, the vaccination. Yeah. And <clears throat> I really, she was like, just, she, she just, black people, black people, they just don't, they don't want to, do, you know, she just went into this whole little spiel. Yeah. And I said, well, mama, do you remember like things that happened, you know, way back Fire. in West, yeah, Western civilization, culture? And it's still happening. It's not. Right. It might not be as big as it was back then, but black people are still getting mistreated in the medical field. Or if we tell you something's wrong with us, you might not want to run that test because you think we're not we're not smart enough to know what's going on with our body. And then we don't trust you off the simple fact of, like you said, culture and everything we've been through. And right. so the only reason why I wanted you to come on today, just because one for your spirit is amazing. Um, God is definitely working through you. I'm definitely excited that I, um, I've been following you. Um, I, I'm excited that I got to connect with you today because I need you. You know, like I haven't had a therapist in a while. Um, not a good one. I had one before and I just felt like we wasn't connecting. And yeah. I didn't understand why. And it's nothing towards her. It was just like, okay, I need a new one. Um, and now that I'm in this yeah. Yeah, I'm in this personal development stage right now in my life. Um, I know that in order for me to grow, I need me a coach, but I need me a therapist too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in all honesty, one thing I tell people often is that with therapy, you do have to kind of play around until you find somebody that's the right fit. Because mm -hmm. I don't care how much you can read the bio, the bio still may not match up with your spirit in that regard. So right. I tell people when you guys are seeking out a therapist, and a lot of times one of the first steps is doing a consultation so you can get to know that therapist, what their style is and things of that nature. Um, but interview them too. Ask them questions because they're going to ask you what's bringing you in and they're going to share with you their expertise. You can share with them, you know, what is it that you're looking for? And what is like your attachment style? And what is it that you feel like you need? Sometimes we could say we need one thing, but down the line, we could see we really needed something else. 
But you take your time to find that right fit because sometimes it may not be in that first therapist. I've had people, you know, bounce around um, a few times. And I mean, for me, even personally, thankfully, I've, I've, I've had pretty good therapists um, that I've worked with personally. Because, um, yes, therapists see therapists too. Um, right. But because um, of, like, my different financial statuses throughout my life, um, I had to go to the free counseling. And, you know, that worked out. But then when I got a chance to, you know, actually be able to use my insurance, I will be able to kind of fill out which one is the best fit for me. So the therapist that I have now, um, I've been with her shoot since I started my entrepreneurial journey. So probably for like the last five or six years. Oh, that's awesome. What are some things that you have learned through therapy? And even though you are a therapist yourself, what is it yeah. something that you can tell the black community and not just the black community, people who, you know, it's not just us who sometimes are scared to go to therapy. I actually have an Asian friend, and I've said it before. I was taught that in her community, it's the same way. Yep, it's and the you same. don't know unless you don't know. Um, right. But and our communities are actually very similar because I've worked with a lot of Asian clients. And it is very much that strict what's in the house, stays in the house. You figure it up. You pick yourself by the bootstraps. You don't depend on anybody. So... A lot of that has been um, trickled down. I'm sorry, because this light is getting on my nerves. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. That was going to annoy me the entire time. It still is. I just moved here, so I'm still learning what the lighting situation is. Me too. I don't have, no, I said, I'm trying to wrap up this season. I have, I have two more episodes, and I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get these knocked out. And come yeah. better and make sure that my quality is better and still I know. everything that y'all need from Trixie Toad. <laughs> yeah. What I, are I, I just got used to it. But I'm sorry, I'll answer your question. Um, some of the things that I've I've worked on for myself is just trying to get past my own like childhood traumas, specifically with like different family members, my parents, learning how to kind of forgive myself for certain things and um, learning how to really own my voice because I was definitely one of those kids that was a people pleaser growing up and I found value and if I was there for you, then you'll give me love in return. Um, and it was it was really during, out, during this time where I learned how to build a healthy relationship with myself because the relationship I have with myself is gonna show up in my relationship with other people. I love it. So those were the, the biggest takeaways. We're working on other stuff now, but it's a different set of stuff <laughs> that we're working on now. So as you have been going to therapy and in that world, what are some stigmas that you can shed to the people that have changed that or that you see that are changing um, mm -hmm. that can help us be trustworthy to the medical field to the you know any type of field that we're not used to confining in what yeah. are some things that you see that are changing um one of the biggest things is uh, definitely in 2020 i think people came to the realization that we've been carrying some especially the black community we carry so much trauma with us just waking up and being black right so that whole idea of not sharing or being used against you, I think that's starting to diminish now. 
I think, and I really think it's because of I'm a, I think we're both in the millennial category, right? Yeah. So we already kind of helped pave that way uh-huh. for younger generations, but the younger generation came in and kicked down the door. Bang they're not. They're saying, I am anxious. I am depressed. I am. The, and, and, that, and having the language and the tools to even say that, it helps to educate older generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now it's kind of just like you got this older generation, young generation, this younger generation, and there's mental blocks because there's just no understanding of where each other was because they didn't have that space, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, to be able to know that it was safe and it was okay to share those things, right? And then I think another part of it is too, we as black people only take up a small percentage of the mental health field. So a lot of times if you don't see the representation out there, you don't wanna talk to somebody who may not be able to relate to you in that regard. So I think what was the best thing about 2020 is that we as black mental health therapists, we've been out here for a while, but that exacerbated it because everybody was like, I need to see somebody who looks like me. Mm-hmm. I need there to be a cultural connection to help me feel safe and sharing. Even if you think about certain vernacular, if I say girl, and you already know, okay, what's going on? Put me on the game. What's coming up? <laughs> That's still a safety for right. us to feel like, okay, this is a safe space I can share without being judged or feel like I have to put on, mm-hmm. right? So those are some of the stigmas. And honestly, the funny thing is my youngest client was like nine. My oldest client was 81. Wow. So people are becoming more open to the fact of I need help Mm -hmm. and I may not know all the steps to get there. But here's the thing. I am a licensed professional clinical counselor. So when I say it like that, it means I am not like your homegirl where I was actually trained and I got the student loans to prove it and the experience <laughs> to prove I'm trained on how to help you. A lot of times, and this is not to knock like our pastors, but if my car is broken down, I'm not taking my car to my pastor so it can pray over it. Right. I'm going to take it to my mechanic. Same thing when it comes to your mental health. Your spiritual health, yes, your pastor can pour into you. Mentally, they may not be equipped to give you those same tools. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case, you have to be able to, and again, take your time in finding which one is the best fit for you, but you have to find the person that you feel the most safest with to even share. And again, I can't stress, stress this enough. It may not be in the first one, because I want you to think about it. If we had a bad experience at a restaurant, that don't mean we say I'm never going to another restaurant again. No, it's just maybe you didn't have a good interaction with the host or the person that was waiting on you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to put a blanketed statement off of one experience. There's a certain amount of openness and there's a certain amount of you got to check your own intentions because if it only took one time for somebody to really kind of piss you off, that actually shows that there might be a little bit more that needs to be explored there. Yeah, you need to go a little deeper because something wrong. <laughs> and, and I don't think we, we really understand how much of our experiences play a role in how we relate to other people because of the fact that we're, how we are raised, how we look at society, how things are being downloaded into us 
it's going to change the way we relate to people just because we're always questioning what is your intention. I know what mine may be, but I don't know what yours may be. Right. And so sometimes that can hinder us from getting the help that we need. Oh, because you don't make me cry. Because I'm unraveling things that I have been taught. Most of us, most of us are going through that, but I'm taking this personal journey so serious. That's why I woke up so excited to talk to you because I was like, she don't even know that she's counseling me today, along with my audience. <laughs> she don't even know like a lot of the things that I still am unraveling, I'm learning, like you said, it started from being um, young and learning certain yep. things. And now that I'm learning, like, gosh, Brittany, I used to walk around with a chip on my shoulder all the yep. time. You know, I, I still, my dad used to say it all the time. My parents divorced when I was young. Um, and then my dad got remarried. And a lot of things that I learned was just from all of that, you know, and I still, yep. I still carry it, you know, even in my yep. marriage, you know, I have a blended family marriage. And so mm -hmm. a lot of things that I was taught, you know, through my dad, I'm telling my husband, you know, this is how it's going to be or it, it ain't going to be. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit more strict. I'm real old school, uh, Lauren. <laughs> I have an yeah. old soul. But this anxiety and this depression, I have been dealing with it for 14 years. Yeah. Um, 14 years. My dad's been gone for 14 years my daughter's yeah my daughter's 14 has been he's been gone for 14 years and i'm trying to i never get past him being gone but i want to move yeah. forward you know what i'm saying i don't want to keep going back and when i get in that rut like i sh people who know me they know me because when yeah. i get when i go through anxiety and depression real bad i shut off I don't really yep. talk to a lot of people. I only stay in my circle. And now I'm calling out more. Like you said, the young society, um, our generation, we kicking down the doors, even younger than us. Like, I need help. I need yeah. help. You know, and that's where I'm at now. And I keep telling my mom, like, I need help. Like, I need more. And that's why I talk to my eyes. This is a form of therapy for me. It's, um, mm -hmm. I'm still healing the inner Britney, the inner child in Britney. So that was the yeah. reason for me making Truth Be Told podcast. So I'm sorry. You just about made me cry. Just oh, no, it. you're fine. <laughs> oh, no, this is a safe space. Safe space, safe space. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think also, too, when you're talking about grief and loss, I, I think we don't recognize that's not always just in death. Right. Sometimes grief and loss can be in the lost childhood we wish we had. Sometimes it could be in the loss of a relationship we wish we could have explored a little bit more. Sometimes it could be a loss in just not knowing where we're at in our own personal lives, right? Grief. And the thing about grief is that you never know when it's going to hit. But the problem is we don't give it the space that it really needs. And, and we don't get to control the timetable of when it goes. Because even when you lose something, you never get over it. You learn how to keep living. Mm -hmm. with it and it's a difference when you're living with it because it's just like I can acknowledge it without it taking a toll on everything else that I'm trying to work towards but that comes with time and that comes with you know skill set and building up coping skills to know that and understanding what are some of the triggers that get you to that point right yeah. so 
it's a lot of, I, I like to say counseling is a lot of peeling back the layers one at a time. Mm-hmm. And the more you can understand how did we get here, the better you're going to be in a position to change your behavior, not other people, yours. Right, because you can only worry about what you can control. <laughs> but what I will say is when you learn how to really work within yourself, you teach people how to be in relationship with you because they can't be in relationship with you like that anymore. And sometimes those relationships will fall off or other times they will learn how to actually be in relationship with you in this new version of yourself. But the biggest thing is you continue to work on you. Certain things are either going to fall in the place or they're going to fall off, but it's still working in your favor. Right. I love it. I love everything you're saying. I think you just don't know how much you don't make my Saturday, girl. Like, oh, I'm up here like you are really talking. God, keep listening to him because we need you. We need more of you. We need to feel safe. You got to tell me a little bit more about this Confessions of a Therapist. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, it's a funny thing. It was during, so during the um, pandemic, I, I think that was like year two when we were going, year two? Yeah, it was year two going into 2020. I have never worked so hard in my life. And I, um, I came out of 2020 depressed. I had my own like suicidal ideations and it wasn't like I wanted to and I say ideations versus um actual suicidal thoughts because the ideation is like it could be a passing thought you don't want to give into it versus a suicidal intention it's like I'm going to follow through so I was having a suicidal ideation and I was like wait this ain't this ain't me so I got uh, well I never stopped therapy let's be very clear I will never stop that but I ended up seeing like um a nurse practitioner to kind of give me medication for the time being. And um, I just started thinking about, I could not have been the only therapist that was dealing with some stuff. And the biggest thing is, I will never forget, my family used to piss me off. You're a therapist, you should act better. And I have cussed a family member out over that. And as a lot of times I will even say this, and y'all can talk about me all you want to, I told my family members off. Um, I would have told them all too. <laughs> yes, and it's always that older generation that thinks they know everything, but honestly, they are the most traumatized, and y'all mm-hmm. are project- projecting your trauma onto other people. Right. But I will never forget, I was talking to one of my coaches, and I was like, you know what pisses me off is when people sit up here and say, well, you're a therapist, you should know better. And it's like, no, you should know better not to continue to say the same stuff that pisses me off to get this reaction out of me. And so I just kept thinking about confessions of a therapist, confessions. I was like, I got something else to confess. And I got something else to confess. So then I I started this series on Instagram. And it was so funny because I feel like people who aren't even therapists could relate to the things that I was saying. So now it's like, I it got a little bit off and on when I was in the process of moving out here to Atlanta. But um I was like, no, I got some things I need to confess. And I know I'm not the only person. So with that being the case, I share every Thursday something that I need to confess, like this last one. Tell us what you confess, <laughs> <said>, boo. <laughs> Which, and I think and the main reason why the whole confession is, is to let people know therapists are human too. Right. And we deal with our own stuff. Right. 
I was working. It was during that time period where I had to go back to work in that in that in between stages of me leaving and starting my entrepreneurship journey. I was working from like 8 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday, just trying to get my money and everything back up. Right. And the only time period I would have off was like the hour drive from one job to the next. And that was my break. Because after that, I was seeing people back to back to back after already being in the hospital doing groups and then seeing clients back to back. Mm-hmm. So it was just clients all day. This one time, and I love this client. She was my favorite. We stopped working together because she graduated out of the, the program. She no longer needed me, which was great. I was so tired. I fell asleep in that session for all of like two seconds <laughs> with my eyes open. Oh, you asleep for real. <laughs> I was asleep for real. And then it was kind of, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was God that was like, get up. But I heard her voice like, are you okay? I was like, yes. But this is how good I know I am. And this is why I know God called me to be a therapist. I could recite everything she told me in that session. <laughs> and I still had to come back and we still was able to process things through like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. I did that. I fell asleep in session. I did. I was tired. I, right. was, I, was, I was tired and I had, and then I, it was funny when the, one of my girlfriends posted, she was like, you know what? I feel you on that. I fell asleep on my job all the time. And it was Exactly. We had one girl, um, she shared, and now what I'm doing with the platform is I want to trans, it's going to transition into a podcast going into next year, but um, what I'm starting to do is I'm bringing in other therapists to share in the journey of what their confession is. Right. And I'm really just trying to build community around us as therapists, really black women therapists, because it's just the things that are taboo for us not to talk about. Because I think a lot of times as therapists, we try to come up like we have our shit together, right. we're all this, and it's like, if you only knew the mess, I'm just qualified to help you. That's why I go talk to another <laughs> professional to help me. Um, we had one girl, Haley was talking about how her wig was slipping off in the middle of the session and she had to step away off the camera to fix her hair. I was like, please let me fix my hair. Don't let me go through the whole session and then my wig half off. I would have been like, girl, go to the side. Right. <laughs> and then it was also certain things about, you know, as therapists, when I think about I don't like being the go-to person of my family right. where when a crisis breaks down, I'm the only resource y'all come to. And learning how to say, no, this is my boundary. This is how far I'm willing to help. And I'll point you in the right direction, but go talk to them. I don't want to be a part of that, right? So it's really just breaking down like the humanity of us as therapists. So sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's just like, it is what it is. Right. Sometimes it's a little bit more serious. Um, and I'm 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 just excited to see where the platform goes because I, I know I am not the only one. Um, and especially just as we begin to reflect on the end of the year and things that have been working well and things that haven't been working so great, you have no choice but to sit down and think about if I actually share this with somebody, who can this help? Yes. Yes. You know, because I think one of the biggest things is as clients. We don't want to, we want to connect with somebody who we feel like is real. Mm-hmm. That, that, that has that, like, we're not just giving you coping skills. Sometimes it could be just the things that we know we're trained in to help from that standpoint. And then it can also be 
personal things that we can actually share to help build that connection too. Because right. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, and I've shared sparingly. I've shared things that have gone in my own personal life because I might have clients, which has happened often, where we're going through the exact same thing at the exact same time, mm-hmm. and that helps to build a connection with them. Or if I share something that I've overcame, that helps to give them some type of tangible hope to say, okay, so this can be happening, or this is normal, or there's nothing wrong with this because when I had to go on medication um, for my depression and anxiety, I had to share it with a client who was really struggling with the idea. I don't have to be on medicine. I don't want to be. And it's kind of like, well, what if you did? Right. Does that make you less of a person? Think about somebody who goes through cancer treatment or may have high blood pressure. They got to take medicine. Right. What's the difference? I would be real with you. You know, since we're talking about professions of a therapist, you know, with anxiety and depression, I've, I really haven't tried medicine. Um, I smoke, and I know you like that, but I can't keep. I mean, smoking. that's a health. I mean, I, I sometimes that can be a, a healthy coping school skill too, but we don't want that to be the only one you can rely on. Right. That's what I was, you know, telling my husband. I'm like, you know, I'm getting older, and I'm just trying to be mindful of yep. what I'm doing and what is if it's taking control of me or if I'm doing it too much. And yes, I like the pleasure of it too. I like both. I like, you know, how it makes me feel and how it also makes me, it calms me down. Um, yeah. But, you know, like you said, I'm starting to realize now because I go through different levels of anxiety and depression, I'm like, maybe I need some medicine. And even though yeah. I don't want to take it, but I'm like, okay, I can admit it out loud to him. I might not admit it to other people. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you're talking about all of, all of these things because like you said, black therapy is real and black people and people, our people, we need to really take care of ourselves because our mental yeah. health is just as important as our physical health. Is. A lot of times it drives your physical health. Yes, yes. Because when you don't, it's, so there's a a, um, a coin in our in our field where we call psychosomatic, where it might not be anything physically wrong with you, but it is more of a mental component that's driving how your body is reacting. Oh wow! Yeah, I believe so, that. And here's the thing about medication too: some people may have to be on it for the rest of their lives. Some people may not. It might only be as needed. So, like even with my um. I have anxiety medication. I take that when I need it. Right. I don't have to take that every day. The only medication that I take from my nurse practitioner is because I, I have insomnia. I have to take that every night to help me go to sleep. Right. But outside of that, you, you, you may not need it. And I remember at one point in time when I was on medication for depression, that um, subsided after a while because the, the depression lifted. So I didn't need to take the medication anymore. So it doesn't mean it's a permanent thing. It's, again, another corp- incorporation of what could help. Right. And you don't know until you talk to somebody. That's and true. also, too, what I will say is that a lot of times I would say you need to go to therapy first before you seek out medication, mm-hmm. mainly because some things could be just acknowledged and talked through and processed through or certain type of treatment that can help relieve those symptoms or even just bettering some coping skills. But sometimes if we get into session and we're recognizing, okay, this is still persisting. Now we can look at what are some other options for us. Right. Right. 
Makes sense. So it doesn't have to be the end all be all. I love how you're giving different points to everybody so that they can know um, to look into these different you know, avenues so they can see what is best for them because all of our body yeah. types are different and we are uniquely made from God. So we're all different. Some things might work, right. some things don't. Um, I know as far as being spiritual, that helps me out a lot um, as far as leaning on God. But then sometimes I'm like, God, I need more. Like, so I'm glad exactly. that um, I got to talk to you today and that you were able to give different points of black therapy. Um, I always like to leave with some type of uh, message that you can give to um, younger Lauren. If you could talk to 14-year-old mm. Lauren, um, what is it something that you would tell her today? Oh, my baby. Um, I would tell her one, I love you and you are so beautiful inside and out. You don't have to do the most for other people to see that it shines naturally. But also, you don't have to strive for perfection. Yes. Yes. Because that is going to do more harm than good. And the more you allow your real self to show, the more you actually connect with the right people, the more you actually get to grow in the most healthy and beautiful way. And everything that you thought you could accomplish, you're doing it. Oof. You're doing it. Yeah. It may not look like you thought it was going to look, but it's working out in the best way for you in your personal journey. I love it. I, I love her. it, Lauren. She needed to hear that. And I'm she so did. <laughs> I'm so glad that you told her that today. All of us need some type of healing. Um, before we go, though, please let us know where we can find you at. Because I know the people yes. are like, I need her. Your energy is, is awesome. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. So professional pages, Cultivate Your Essence on all the um, platforms. Um, just put in Cultivate Your Essence. We are still accepting new clients. I am not. My team is. Um, and we do see people out of state because right now we're only in Illinois and we just got into Georgia. Um, but we do see people out of state, but depending on um, the situation, we will have to see you out of pocket or on a sliding scale. Um, so follow everything Cultivate Your Essence. And if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Look Out for Lauren um, on Instagram. And that's where you just kind of get to know a little bit more about me and me as a therapist, me as a business owner. I am everything lifestyle and beauty because I just love to be a girly girl sometimes, um, or I just like to be outside. Things. So that's where you'll get to know me personally. So cultivate your essence and then look out for Lauren and then make sure you check out our website, um, www.cultivateyouressence.com. My team is filled with dope Black women therapists, and we are Black women led and ran. So everybody on our team, whether it's the clinical staff, marketing team, um, the C-suite, everybody's a Black girl. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm definitely going to check out your team. Um, I know yes. you said you're not taking no new clients right now. That's okay. Because I know if you are on a team that they're just as amazing as you. So, so they, okay. they are. They are. <laughs> but I want to thank you. Now, before we go, I like to end with random questions just to be fun. Because I know okay. you're serious. Um, the only two questions I'm going to ask you, you know, it's Thanksgiving time. 
one of these items have to go, okay? Oh, so if you're at a Thanksgiving table and you see ham, you have macaroni and cheese, uh, candy yams, and turkey, which one, which, which one has to go? Ham gonna have to 